It's so good to be before you all tonight. Um, I'm reminded of a story that was told by uh, Gary Whetstone, and he was saying sometimes the body of Christ can become silly in not acknowledging some things that have happened to them. And he gave an example of a woman who had a dog attack her and bite her arm. And when he was telling people that, she was like, no, 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 it didn't happen. It didn't, I didn't, the dog didn't bite me. And he was like, lady, look, the bite marks are on your arm. (laughs) So sometimes we are super spiritual in saying, you know, I'm not hurt. I'm not sick. You guys saw me walk up here with crutches. I missed three steps, fell straight to the ground, crooked, did something to my body, my knee. So I'm I'm using crutches. So I cannot deny to you that something's wrong. (laughs) So I'm not going to pretend that the dog didn't bite me because the dog bit me. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm believing that God is working. He's bringing healing to me as well as the rest of the body of Christ who has dog bites. So if you've been bitten by the dog, acknowledge it and move on. (laughs) All right. Welcome to visitors. Tonight we're going to be talking about when Moses discovers your golden calf. When Moses discovers your golden calf. These are areas of leadership that you're going to find yourself in. Um, many of us are under a Moses. Many of us have Moses callings upon our lives where we're going to be leading other people as Moses. So I'm hoping that these things that get brought out tonight will help you in your walk with the Lord and encourage you to keep going. All of us are leaders in one regard or another. And it's my goal to help you understand your leadership role in the body of Christ. Now, a lot of people don't know this next statement, but I want to highlight this. The Bible is meant to not only be our source of inspiration, but our go-to guide for things to do and not to do. It's to be our go-to guide for things to do and not to do. Now, some people look at the Bible and say, they drank wine, so I'm supposed to drink wine. That's not what that was in there for. Some people look at the Bible and said they had multiple wives. So I'm supposed to have multiple wives. No. Context. You need to understand the context of what that scripture verse is saying to you so that you understand the meaning of what's going on. So when we look at these stories tonight, there is a context that God is trying to get you to understand. God is a very detail-oriented God. You should know that he leaves the bad things in the Bible for you to learn from just as much as the good things. There are going to be times in your Bible learning that you need to focus on the bad things that people have done so that you don't do them. Does that make sense? That's why they're in there. Not because he was trying to glorify those things. But he was trying to make it known to you, hey, don't, don't do this, dummy. <laughs> don't do this. This is going to be bad for you if you do. 
in tonight's message, you're going to get a good mixture of both. But I want you to put yourself into these scenarios that God plays out. Because these are things that you will encounter in your relationship with God. So let's start out with Exodus chapter 24, verses 6 to 18. And Moses took half the blood and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. I want you to remember this because this is important. All that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. Verse nine. Then Moses went up also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders, and they saw the God of Israel. They saw God. Remember that. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God. And they ate and drank. Note that again. Twice. The people saw God. Then the Lord said to Moses. Come up to me on the mountain. And be there. And I will give you tablets of stone. And the law and commandments which I have written. That you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua. And Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said to the elders. Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and her are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Verse 15. Then Moses went up on the mountain. Moses went up into the mountain and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So you're looking at a 47 day period of time where Moses was with God. Deep. Deep in the presence. So. As we look at the relationship Moses had with God, it enabled those around about him to enjoy the benefits that Moses had. I honestly don't believe that Nadab, Abihu, Aaron, Hur, and the 70 elders would have been able to see God if it wasn't for Moses. Never thought about that. Never seen that scripture before today. But they were able to see God. So think about the things that you've had happen in your life because of Moses being in your life. Maybe you got a breakthrough that you would have never gotten. A healing that you would have never gotten. But because of the relationship that the Moses in your life has with God, you were able to get your breakthrough. This is powerful. And many of us have gotten prophetic words that we're going to see God face to face. So is this a version of that where we're seeing God manifest through the Moses that we've had?
you know, if you look at this past miracle services that we just had, God moved in some very, very miraculous ways. And it was different. You know, things were pushed up inside of us and God got them out. He brought them to the surface so that they could be exposed. But also there was such a deep level of peace and joy that manifested itself that it's still lasting for many of us. You know, we're still, we feel different. I don't know about you, but I feel different since those miracle services have taken place. And I know that God is continuing to do that work despite my dog bite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happened during the miracle services. God is good. <laughs> so as we look at the relationship Moses had with God, it enabled those around about him to enjoy the benefits that Moses had. It's interesting to see in this passage in Exodus that Moses, Joshua, Aaron, Hur, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders on two occasions saw God. Not only did they see God, but they ate and drank while he was around. You must recognize that we're in a relationship with a Moses, and from time to time God will call Moses to the mountain. We must not interfere with the calling to the mountain. We must encourage this journey to the mountain. And right now it can be for selfish reasons. <laughs> you want your Moses to get everything that God has for them so that they can bring it back. You are Moses to someone else. So you need to go to the mountain when God calls you because whatever you're going to get on that mountain is for the people that God has made you a leader above and a leader over. So it's not just for your own personal gain. It's for the gain of everyone else whom God has called you to. There are going to be times in your relationships in the future where you're going to be the Moses to other people. You need to realize that you need to get to the mountain when God calls you. Moses' relationship with God was special and it enabled him to receive many things from God. At this time, God has many Moseses up on the mountaintops with him. God is giving them revelation to bring back to the people. So the question has to be asked is what is the condition of your heart when your Moses goes to the mountain? What is the condition of your heart when your Moses goes to the mountain? Is your heart steadfast on God or is it concerned with the things of this world? Do you look at it as an opportunity to play? Oh, Moses isn't around. I can go dabble a little bit in sin. And as we're going to look at this story tonight, we're going to see that the leaders that were up under Moses didn't have the same mindset as he did. And this is a warning to us all, but it's also something to see that you have to be aware about everything that goes on around about you to make sure that you're not getting caught or pulled into someone else's uh, bad intentions. Sometimes when Moses comes back down from the mountain, they find golden calves in their camps. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 32 verses one to 10. Now, when the people saw that Moses was delayed coming down from the mountain, 
the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come and make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Bad. <laughs> this is bad. Because at this point in time, Aaron should have been like, hey, what's wrong with you? <laughs> let's look at, let's see what Aaron says. And Aaron said to them, break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings, which were in their ears, and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made a molded calf. Then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So, <clears throat> this is bad. This is bad, because it doesn't say one person said no. Don't do this. They all got swayed by the atmosphere of the hour. They all were pulled in and sucked in. Even the subordinate leader up under Moses, who should have known better, who should have said, no, we can't do this. We can't sin against God. We definitely can't sin against Moses. What is the matter with you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. You can, you can relax. <laughs> you can relax. So verse 5. So when Aaron saw it, he went a step further, deeper into sin. Look at what he did in verse 5. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. How? <laughs> <laughs> how <laughs> then they rose early on the next day offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play some of these same people just saw God the real God the one true God and now they're looking at a cow they put it on an altar and they're saying, you're our God. Dangerous. Dangerous. Verse 7. Here's how your Moses knows what's going on. And the Lord said to Moses, go, get down. For your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sac sacrificed it and said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. Wow. Dangerous. Dangerous. So we see here after the people made a commitment to God. Remember that commitment in Exodus 24? And it's time for Moses to go back to the mountain again and spend time with God. And the people forget their commitment to God. You always, always, always need to renew your relationship with the Lord daily. You know, we talk about this all the time. Um... 
you, you can lose your salvation. You can lose your perspective. You can lose your walk with God. And, and if you're not watchful in these time periods, the Bible says that even the very elect will be deceived. And the very elect are being deceived in this time period because we're not on our posts. We're not staying committed when Moses is off on the mountain. And that's the time to be even more committed to what God is doing and to make sure that your roots are firmly established. There's a covering, there's a protection that takes place. But if you step outside of that covering, what can God do for you? Nothing. Nothing. They completely abandoned what they said they were going to do to Moses, to Joshua, to the 70 elders. And they decided amongst themselves that Moses wasn't coming back. And they decided with Aaron right there that they were going to make this golden calf. Ultimately, who's responsible for this? Aaron. Aaron is responsible for not keeping himself on the same level of holiness that Moses had. So leaders, you can't put all of the responsibility upon the Moses that you're up under. You have a part to play in this too. You have to walk in the same level of anointing. You have to walk in that same level of consecration and fasting and dedication unto the Lord. Because if not, that anointing is not going to transfer down upon you. As soon as that anointing steps away from you, you're in trouble. You don't understand why when you leave this building, you're prone to sinning. It's because you don't have it on the inside of you like you should. Think about this. Aaron is responsible for not keeping himself on the same level of holiness that Moses had. Aaron should be following the same precepts and concepts that Moses followed. But Aaron had junk in his heart. And in many ways, he was just as worldly as the people that he was leading. So this is another leadership cause or, or point that you as leaders need to understand. There has to be a, a level of separation between you and the people that you're following. And I'm not saying that you're, you, you're being ignorant to them, but you have to bring them up to your level. But you have to have a level first. Your level can't be on the same level as them as far as your holiness walk. Because how are you going to tell them and encourage them, I can do it, I can make it, if you're not doing it yourself. So, you and then you, you are subject to being swayed to what's going on in the atmosphere if you're not properly prepared for what's going on. Matthew 15, verses 1 to 20. This has a subtitle of defilement comes from within. Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, 
whatever profits you might have received from me as a gift from God. Then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Verse 7. Hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines and commandments of men. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. These are things that all the time, constantly, we have to be working on. We have to be acknowledging. And, you know, during the miracle services, there was a lot of us who repented during those services for things that we know that God has been trying to deal with us about. And God addressed those things in the prophetic. He spoke to us and said, yes, I see your repentance. I see, you know, you're trying to work on this area, but I want you to work on this area over here. I want you to get this right and get this together. And this is a part of having a relationship with the Lord because he's going to point those things out to you because they're covenant breakers. There's things that are going to stop your covenant from working with God and he doesn't want that to take place. So this is why he speaks to us prophetically and tells us, you know, you're in error in this this area over here or you're doing good in this area over here you know it's it's to keep us balanced it's to keep us on track god doesn't want us to fall he wants us to continue to grow in our understanding of him grow in the wisdom and the knowledge of the lord but also grow in the anointing that he's placed upon our lives and the only way that that can take place is as he exposes the inner darkness that's within and the more that inner darkness is, has its, the light of God shined upon it, 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 it has to break out of you. It, it, it can't hide anymore. And one of the things that we should be constantly seeking for is to not hide from God. We should be exposing our hearts daily, hourly, secondly, before the Lord, so that, you know, first of all, the enemy will have nothing inside of you, Second of all, you're keeping that relationship with God open. You're keeping it close. The second that you try to get into a position of hiding what's going on, you're, you're closing the doorway to God helping you. The second that you get into a position of hiding what's going on, you're closing the door to God being able to help you. Verse 12, Then his disciples came to him and said, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind, leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. So what are we seeing with this Aaron story? Aaron was blind, and he led the people into a ditch. So scripture fulfills itself. Then Peter answered and said to him, explain this parable to us. I just find this fascinating that after all of this explanation, 14 verses, here comes Peter saying, I still don't understand, which is good because he's honest, <laughs> but 
Jesus had to further explain what was really going on. Verse 16. So Jesus said, are you still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. So he's talking about checking your heart. He's talking about making sure that your heart is pure before him. As a leader, you have to be strong so that you can lead the people that God has placed up under you. You need to realize that the sin nature of the people that you're called to serve is strong. You, you can't say again, say that the dog didn't bite me. You can't say that their sin nature is not there. It's there. It's real. It's something that they're battling. And if you go to the point of dis disavowing that sin nature saying, you know, it's really not there. You're hurting them as well as your, the rest of your congregation. There has to be an acknowledgement. This, this is strong. This battle that you're in is strong. But you can overcome it. You can win through Christ. Sometimes people's nature is strong. It has nothing to do with the devil. It has nothing to do with sin. You're just obstinate. You're just stubborn, bullheaded, and won't do anything that anybody tells you to do. Just out of your own upbringing. Things that have happened to you. But if you're following the ways of the Spirit, your sin nature and your individual individual na nature will not overtake you it will not cause you to go into sin what happened to Aaron was his sin nature was equal to or greater than the people he was serving blind leading the blind his sin nature was equal to or greater than the people he was serving but he wasn't strong in his convictions he went along with the people when they decided to sin this is why it is so important to be living in holiness and purity and for you to be in agreement in every area with the Moses that God has placed with you. We don't realize this, but areas of sin in our life place division between us and the Moses that God has placed over top of us. Have you ever thought about it that way? If, if you're in an area, if you are in known, willing, blown sin, you're dividing yourself away from the anointing. Because God can't be around that sin. So Moses is in the presence of God all the time. So whenever you are willingly staying in that area, you're dividing yourself away. And then you wonder why you feel alone. You wonder why you feel isolated. It's not Moses doing it. It's not God doing it. It's that sin nature that's inside of you. It's that, that bullheadedness, bullheadedness that's inside of you that's isolating you and separating you. Get rid of that, and you'll feel the connection. You'll feel the unity of the Spirit. You'll feel the unity with the brethren. And you'll be able to go forth and do what God is calling you forth to do. The whole, this whole scenario could have turned out completely different had Aaron said, No, this is not what we're supposed to do. There is a lack of understanding from the body of Christ when it concerns leadership. It is perceived as a walk in a park or a casual walk down a garden path. Leadership is a completely different reality. 
in it's different in this fact because you have to realize that you're carrying other people. Your job to serve is to carry them, is to help get them across the finish line. And if you don't do that, how successful of a leader are you? If you're not doing everything in your power to make sure that the people that are up under you are succeeding, whose fault is that? Something to think about. Something to consider. Now, please don't go goofy on me and say, oh, I got an excuse now. <laughs> got an excuse. It's your fault, leader, because I'm not where I'm supposed to be at. No, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you to see the, the bigger picture of how you're, you have a role, you have a part to play in this whole scenario. So, and then our misunderstandings of what leadership is about you know, many people look at leadership and say, well, you're, you're supposed to serve your leader. You're supposed to, um, lost my train of thought. You're, you're supposed to just give up everything in the world for your leader. But it's, it really is the opposite. Your leader is doing those things for you by being in your prayer closet, by going to the mountain when God calls them to go to the mountain. And as they're, as they're serving you, you're getting stronger. You're getting deeper in the spirit because of their relationship with the Lord. When God places you in leadership, he teaches you about the nature of the people that you're called to serve. Exodus 32, 7 and 9. And the Lord said to Moses, go, get down for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. God tells you their good points and their bad points. It's, it's amazing how the Moses that's above you will know things about you that you know are there, but you haven't really come to grips with. You haven't really come to acknowledge. But as God has you in that relationship, he uses that Moses to push those things up so that you can expose yourself, so that you can be free. It's not the Moses being mean to you. It's, it's the relationship that God has because, again, it's about drawing you closer into the spirit realm. And the more that you have this junk off of you and out of you, you're free. You're free and you can serve Exodus 32, 11 to 16. Look at the heart of a leader. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? This is love that's talking here. Why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn, your fierce, turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. And Moses turned and went down from the mountain. And the two tablets of the testimony were in his hand. 
the tablets were written on both sides, on the one side and on the other side they were written. Now the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. There is a commitment to serve the people that is made by a true leader, but that commitment comes from love. How many of us put in that same situation and been like, okay, God, <laughs> go ahead and get them. <laughs> I'm tired of dealing with them too. C come on, be honest, for real. But Moses didn't do that. He said, no, God, don't, don't do that. Moses has such a love for the people that he caused God to change his mind about the wrath and the destruction that he was going to bring to them. How good of a leader are you? Kick them out. Boot them out. They've sinned. They messed up. We're out. We're done. God doesn't do that. A, a Moses doesn't do that. A Moses says, all right, let's give him one more chance. You know, let's come at him from a different direction. Let me break this down. Let me, you know, whatever, whatever has to be done so that it can be understood so that that person can get that meat, get that understanding, get that growth. We have, we have a part to play in this. In everything that God does to you, you're supposed to do to someone else and you're training them to do it to someone else and you're training them to do it to someone else. Rarely do we see that same commitment return from those who are under a Moses particular leader. You have all types of personalities and quirks, and every one of them have to be managed with the right touch. There will be times as a leader that those you are leading will not meet the mark. You have to understand this. That's understandable and can be fixed, but it will take more work from the leader. Then there are those times when the people you're leading are intent on building themselves golden calves. God put this account in Exodus 32 to show us the realities of leadership. Good leaders are like Moses and Joshua, total commitment to God and to the people. But the bad leaders are like Aaron and Miriam. They can always be counted on to join in with the people in their sins. Moses and Joshua were on the mountain with God. Aaron was tasked with the responsibility of watching over the people while they were away. It was his job to make sure that they didn't get into anything that was wrong. Aaron was no dummy to the moving of the spirit. And a lot of people would say, oh, well, he just didn't know. Well, let's look at what Aaron didn't know. Exodus chapter 7, verses 8 to 13. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves. Then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and they did so just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and sorcerers. So the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod and it became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. And Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. Aaron was there 
when Moses performed all of the miracles in front of Pharaoh. He knew where Moses and Joshua were. There was no reason for him to entertain the sin of the people. Just no reason. The problem in this case is that Aaron had the same evil in his heart that the people had. Some people think that they can hide and cover up their evil, but it will come out. Moses confronted Aaron upon his return, and Aaron flat out lied. He not only lied, but distorted the real events of what happened, but that did not stop Moses from cleansing the camp. Exodus 32 verses 19 to 24. So it was as soon as he came near the camp that he saw the gold, the calf and the dancing. So Moses' anger became hot and he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf which they had made, burned it in the fire and ground it to powder. And he scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it. And Moses said to Aaron, what did this people do to you? that you have brought so great a sin upon them. Direct confrontation. What did they do to you, Aaron? So Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. He didn't take accountability. He didn't take responsibility for anything that he did. He blamed it on somebody else. He blamed it on the people. So Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. For they said to me, Make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And I said to them, Whoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, and I cast it into the fire. And this calf magically came out. Just appeared. I didn't work it. I didn't form it. I didn't put it in a mold. Boom. A calf. You see how he just distorted the truth of what really happened? He distorted his part. He distorted the evil that was in his own heart. Moses was a true leader. He immediately removed the calf. He not only removed it, he was thorough to the point of setting it on fire and grinding the calf into powder. Moses wanted God to know that he was on his side. Leadership is accountability. He took full accountability for what went on. Moses could have prayed and said, look at what Aaron did. This is not my fault. No, Moses immediately sprang into action and got the sin out of the camp. He didn't stop there. Moses poured the gold dust into the water and made the people drink it. Matthew Henry's commentary says, His mixing this powder with their drink signified to them that the curse they had thereby brought upon themselves would mingle itself with all their enjoyments and embitter them. It would enter into their bowels like water and like oil into their bones. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. He shall drink as he brews. These were indeed waters of Merah. Moses sent a clear message to God and to the people that this golden calf was in no way comparable to God. This calf had no strength of its own to save itself nor them. And because this calf couldn't do anything, the people should not be worshiping it. Exodus 32, verse 25 to 35. Now when, the, 
when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let every man put his sword on his side, and go in and out from the entrance to entrance, throughout the camp, and let every man kill his brother, every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and about three thousand men of the people fell that day. Then Moses said, Consecrate yourselves to the Lord, that he may bestow on you a blessing this day, for every man has opposed his son and his brother. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses said to the people, You have committed a great sin. So now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. So Moses did all of these things to prepare the people to be um, chastised and punished before God. But Moses' heart was still loving for the people. All right, God, we messed up. This is what happened. This is what I did. Now, if you want to judge us, go ahead and judge us. But if you judge us, take me out too. How many of us would have put ourselves in that position? No. But you have to. As a leader, you have to do that. You have to be able to say, this is my sin. This is my, my responsibility, my fault, in order to, to, to gain God's favor. Look at what happened. Yet now, verse 32 again, yet now if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Now, therefore, go lead the people to the place of which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit for punishment, I will visit punishment upon them for their sin. So the Lord plagued the people because of what they did with the calf which Aaron made. So even though Moses still had love in his heart for the people, God still said, I'm going to judge those who sinned and there's nothing you can do about it. True leaders do what is needed. It wasn't over. <clears throat> Moses asked whoever was on the Lord's side for them to come and join him. The Levites ran to him. Moses commanded them to take their swords and 3,000 people died by the Levites' hands. This is how serious the hour is for us. Are you going to commit your whole heart or are you going to walk around with your evil inside of you? God sees that evil and at an opportune time, it will come out and expose you for who you are. It just, it just really will. Body of Christ, you must come to the understanding that we are at a crossroads where your inner evil is being exposed. And if you spent any time at the miracle services, you know God, God just kept dealing with you and dealing with you and dealing with you. God is going to send your Moses into your life and kick down your golden calf. Will you resist God and make excuses and die? Or will you give it up now before your day of reckoning occurs? It is only God's grace that is keeping him from sending his Levites after you.
it is time that the body of Christ totally commits or be forever stuck in your evil. You cannot serve two masters. You will hate the one and love the other. You must make your decision today because your Moses is coming to you. In conclusion, the word of God mandates that we obey our leaders. Hebrews thirteen seventeen, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So body of Christ, let's start a new move of obedience to God by becoming true followers. Not looking to be served, but to serve others. Hello? Can somebody hear me? This is Montana Civil Defense. Company leader calling Raven. Somebody please come in. Come on, Raven. Company leader calling Raven. Raven is about all of sequence. Company leader to Raven. Talk to me, John. We're committed to excellence and truth as we conduct spiritual overwatch for your soul. We're committed to bringing the whole gospel to you. Simple truths given with intellectual integrity, far better than Fox News and CNN combined. Please feel free to contact us with questions, comments, concerns at ChristopherRadiantFire.org. Like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Amazon, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and more. Until next time. That was your Overwatch, Einstein. You can thank him later. <laughs>